The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Welcome us back. Welcome back. The last day of this show, I think, was April 30th. And if I remember right, I went and opened up the Spotify Live app, and it was no longer available. And I have done very little research, so I found a very mediocre um, replacement for Spotify Live. And you wonder, with a company like Spotify, like why would you? They must not. It must not have been producing cash flow. Would be my guess. Yeah, very good guess. You know, they they didn't have to buy it, but they did, and uh, it was pretty popular. You know, with with. Uh, a lot of sports podcasts and things like that, and um, they shut it down. So they said something in, to the effect of on there that look forward to other live events or something like that. But that app is no longer. So after mm. using it for a year and a half or so, uh, we are back to square one. That app was the best thing that happened to the podcast, I think, um, since we had started, really, because it just added a whole nother dynamic to the show and it gave people the opportunity to not just listen live but interact live so what i found was i'm looking at it and it's i'm drawing a blank mix lr okay that's an app you guys sign up for it the same way but we're gonna try it it only lets you do a half an hour a day so unless you subscribe Right, so unless I pay money, but there is a chat, but unfortunately there is not a request to speak or anything like that. So, if anyone knows anything, like I said, I did very little research, which is why I found a mediocre replacement because ain't got nobody got time for that. Well, I, I mean, it makes sense, that. right? Because when you look at Spotify, you know, in the podcasts and stuff that they do, like the big ones aren't going to make it live. You know, they, they produce it and there's certain things like that. So, you know, you got those podcasts that bring in the big money and they don't want to deal with random live people and having to do everything live. So right. I mean, they a lot do of the, that stuff is the, cut, right? So the Spotify stuff, you go to the Spotify app, you know, you get the video, you go to Joe Rogan for, for example, you know, you go there, you, you not only can listen, but you can watch the show on Spotify, right? Right. They're, they're, they're in way more lucrative endeavors than what was on the Spotify live app. The Cuse, no, the Cuse Militia podcast and such 
So and just random people getting on there and just talking about random stuff. Yeah, I mean, right? Because it was not. I didn't pay not one penny for it. It was completely free, which was, which was that's what made it awesome because it was the. It was the best thing for a podcast like ours. But anyway, which is no, maybe for the just fans. A trial for Spotify and they got something better coming along. Yeah, Who knows? Eh, well, we'll see. I uh, am not sure about that. So uh, there's been a bunch of things that have happened since we left. We're going to start with um, basketball and, and roll into some football, but we're going to hit up some of the little things first. Uh, starting with Jim Brown, okay? The most prolific Syracuse sports athlete of all time, right? And uh, what? Track and field, uh, boxing. Um, played lacrosse. He played on the basketball team. Obviously, the um, huge football star passed away at 87, and as you all know. But um, when you look back on it, you know, and all of the things that transpired between him and the school, and ended up, you know, over time mending those those fences and 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 kind of um, getting back into the to the Syracuse spotlight a little bit. And, um, you know, passing away at 87, accomplished a lot. It paved the way for Ernie Davis and, and uh, Floyd Little. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a legend, absolute legend. And probably no one will ever come close to, oh, yeah. to Jim Brown. Well, he was, so, right? he was such a versatile, you know, figure, especially in that day and age, you know. Uh, you know you especially with the way that, the you know, the segregation and in, in things were back then and being who, you know, he was. Oh, yeah. I mean, off. he became a huge activist, right? And I yeah. mean, he, he retired football early. Um, and you really go back and you look at his stats. Um, a lot of people don't understand that he played in, you know, 10 and 12 season um, or game seasons. So um, you can only imagine what his numbers would look like if he had played an extra, you know, four to six games in the season, NFL, yeah, like we do now, right? So, yeah. um, he's just an absolute legend, and you know, he decided that he wanted to leave early from the NFL, went into acting, went into you know, activist stuff, and I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a legend, yeah, absolute absolutely. legend, yep. Started the forty-four, changed lacrosse rules. I mean, the guy was an animal. Yes, he was. <laughs> Absolute beast. Um, some more sad news that, that broke today. Uh, former Syracuse women's basketball star Tiana Manjikia, she announced today that she's got to unfortunately stop playing the sport of basketball and focus on some other things because she's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. So um, mm. I'll keep her in my prayers. And obviously she's been through this once. And she just basically said in an in Instagram post that um, – Without getting into too much detail, that cancer is spread into other areas of her body, which is never a good thing. So she's literally in a fight for her life. So if you keep her in your prayers, obviously, she was a, a big star for the women's basketball team. Not only, you know, before before all of um, the adversity that she went through with with cancer and things, she was a big star. But obviously, that put her on the map um, nationally and in. Um, you know, everybody took notice of that because obviously being a young woman and having to go through that and now here she is again. So um, it's just incredibly sad. And I saw that uh, not too long before we came on today. So I figured I'd mention that. Um, The Syracuse women's lacrosse team has an Achilles heel. That Achilles heel is Boston College. Mm. And I thought for sure that Boston College wasn't going to beat them twice this year. 
Um, but they did. I thought for sure that team was going to be, I thought we were going to come on here talking about them at least being in the national championship game. And um, Kayla Trainer, uh, um, I think, she, well, she coached them to a ch- Boston College to the championship last year and then um, goes and faces them like this and no. loses, loses to them twice. It wasn't last year. It was the year before. Was it the year before? Yeah. Okay. But she was an assistant coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was an assistant coach. Are you sure? It was the year before? It was. Yeah, because last It was, because it was Gary Gates. It's Gary Gates' second year. My bad. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of Gary Gates, um, the Syracuse men's lacrosse team is, uh, they, they are, yeah, I think we mentioned this, they are a, a young group on their way to being um, a, a possible powerhouse. And uh, the way that their season ended, obviously, I think we got off the air last time before they knew whether or not they were going to get into the NCAA tournament. And obviously mm-hmm. they did not. But, man, that thing was littered with ACC teams and losses to Maryland and John Hopkins, what was the, uh, two of their seven, and the rest were ACC teams. And just the ACC is so dominant in lacrosse um, that you know, you sit here and you look at Syracuse, and the season that they had was pretty good. But man, UNC and Syracuse missing the missing the ticket to the to the tournament, and um, Duke, Notre Dame, and UVA, three of the final four teams um, in the in the tournament, and just uh, just a, a hell of a showing for the ACC. Yeah. It ended up being Duke Notre Dame. Ended up being Duke, Notre Dame. And, you know, it, talk about the lesser of two evils. I mean, there has never been a more, like, there's never been a, a, as good of an example to me as the lesser <laughs> of two evils in a championship game. It doesn't get much worse than having to root for Notre Dame in a championship game. I don't care what sport it is, because they're playing Duke. And um, both awesome teams, Right. Yeah, and hard to say, but yeah, yeah, it is hard to say. Uh, Duke had their number throughout the year, and I was rooting for UVA uh, against Notre Dame. And I mean, it's like, geez, I mean, what do you do? So, and by the way, Duke got in. The, they won their semifinal game. That's, no one probably cares, but they won their semifinal game with uh, with a pretty badly missed call, um, scoring a goal in overtime to win the game. Uh, with the the player's foot was all the way in the crease. And, you know, it was missed. I don't think it was on purpose. But it was missed. It was pretty obvious, though, in my opinion. And it's just not a reviewable thing. But I bet you going into next year, uh, they're going to talk about that and look probably to seeing a rule change with being able to uh, review goals, especially when they're that close to the crease. I mean, it was close. Should have been questioned. Uh, oh, yeah. But it was ruled good, and it was not. Well, and, but it wasn't the, close, though, Joe. If you saw the replay, I'm sure you have. It, it really wasn't close. With two refs standing there, it wasn't that close. Right. It's pretty obvious. Well, I think the ACC needs to do something. I think that um, you know lacrosse is becoming a more popular sport and popular enough sports where I think some of these colleges got to start getting some of these teams in there. And, I mean, the fact that – the men's lacrosse ACC team, like their conference doesn't even have a tournament because there's only five teams. Like yeah, we need to do something about that, yeah. you know? So, and realistically, when you look at, uh, I'd like to see the expansion of the tournament as well. I mean, there's more, there's more, more in 14. 
I think there was about 17 or 18, I don't know, something like that. But, I mean, I would like it to be a little bit more just because, I mean, you look at that, either that or there's got to be a better way of determining, you know, obviously, uh, you know, skilled teams. Because when you look at our whole situation as far as our, our season goes, so we finished, what, like 8-7 and seven overall in the regular season, right? And five of those losses were from ACC teams. And then the other two was Maryland and John Hopkins, who were both ranked in the mid-tournament. So, um, you know, North Carolina and, and Syracuse, they their teams were probably skill-wise good enough to get into that tournament. So, um, yeah, I mean, right now, the fact that the ACC has only got five teams and that the best teams in college lacrosse are in the ACC is really what hurt Syracuse this year. It's just whether or not, you know, the recruiting class and a lot of the young players and the transfers that they've gotten here recently are going to push them to where they can be able to beat um, teams in the ACC because that's really where we've been struggling. Because when you look at it across the board, you can make an argument that all every single one of these teams sure would have could have made it. Yeah, to the and won a game in it. Yeah, so... Um, either that or some of these other ACC schools got to get with the program. I mean, there is something to be said for the way that lacrosse as a sport across all levels has grown, especially in the South. So it was always Maryland was the cutoff, right? Growing up, and even when I first moved in to Virginia, Maryland was the cutoff for lacrosse. I mean, when I first moved here, people didn't even hear of lacrosse. They had no clue what it was. Now it has become... As this was my son's first year, as a sophomore, this was his first year um, that Virginia Beach has sanctioned um, varsity lacrosse, and um, there's tournaments. All the, he's he's they're in a summer tournament, a regional tournament. They're um, they're doing uh, the the club leagues. It's stuff is all over the place all summer, and it, and this is within the past few years. It's just gotten it's just blown up. That's at the high school level. Look at the teams like Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, powerhouses in the NCAA. Um, it's probably time for some of these other schools to try to get on board, the ECC schools to get on board with some of this stuff. Um, and, and maybe that's how it, it could work. <laughs> yeah, that's how maybe there's a chance that that could happen down the road. I don't know um, if it'll happen anytime soon, but it's definitely, you got to, if you're a NC State, you know, if you're a Clemson, you got to be taking notice of some of that, don't you think? I mean, I mean you'd like to think so, right? You would like to think so. I yeah. mean, like it is growing. You know, uh, I got a buddy at work. His son plays at Cleveland State. Um, you know, you heard Lemoyne is going to Division One. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, too, yeah. I mean, obviously it's growing. The more Division One teams that get in lacrosse, you know, obviously, the more that uh, tournament's going to grow. So. I think to your point, it used to be 14 teams or 16 teams or something. And then 14 or 16, yeah, 17. And it keeps growing because, you know, obviously they're getting more teams. But yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that, right? There's there's really a lot of skilled, skilled players out there. And there's probably a lot of D2 kids that are probably good enough to play D1 on their best day, right? So, you know, the more more men's teams that kind of get in there. And and like I said, we got to get enough teams to get a conference tournament, man. Got it. Yeah, I mean, what does that take? Probably another three. Probably. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that would be great. It sucks sitting on the sidelines watching other conference tournaments go down, and you know you got one of the best conferences in the country, and they're not playing. So, anyway, 
hell, we could do a whole freaking podcast on lacrosse. But anyway, <laughs> um, decent season for the men's. Great season for the girls. Uh, they were killing it all year. Thought for sure they were going to bring home some hardware somewhere along the way. But um, they're both teams that are on their way up. And uh, I can't wait for next year for both of them, especially the men's. because Yeah. Well, and they just the, got some of those transfers, right? I mean, they got some. Yeah. Some decent they got ones. Some, Spelina's brothers are coming in. They got a decent recruiting class. Uh, I think they grabbed two middies from Princeton. Uh, this attackman that they got from Lehigh is fourth um, in scoring in that school's uh, history. Um, finished last year with 73 points, 29 goals, and 44 assists, and finished in the top 10 in uh, points per game uh, per Noon's Magician. So. Uh, decent attackman coming in, and uh, we also got a defenseman from uh, North Carolina transfer. Those are all transfers. Yeah, and uh, you know Gary Gate at the helm. It's only a matter of time, I feel like. So, all right, <clears throat> let's move on to do uh, a little bit of of basketball, a little bit of football. I did ask for everybody's uh, s- starting. Five for Syracuse basketball. I've got some of those we can talk about. Obviously, it's not widely diverse. I think everybody kind of really has this figured out since we first or since we last were here. Uh, we got Kyle Cuff from from Kansas uh, transfer. We talked about Starling. Uh, we talked about Westry, right? Yeah, I believe yep. so. And not Naheem McLeod, who we we did mention. Um, during the Florida State preview, right? He wasn't playing a lot, but obviously a rim protector, 7-4, big kid. Um, Kyle Cuff, noticing a trend with some of these kids uh, going to the Syracuse basketball's elite camps where Adrian Autry is doing a hell of a job um, meeting these kids and being able to being able to communicate and get you know get down in their level. He's obviously a little bit closer in age than Coach, right? And I right. think he's way more involved in all of this stuff. And to be able to relate to these kids is huge for Adrian Autry. Now, yeah. I admittedly was on the, the – when we have yet to see exactly what's going to happen, but I'm looking at this team going, you know, we've seen great teams not work well together, but I, I don't see how this team – they might have some struggles early, but I don't see how this team by the end of the year isn't blowing our minds. I re- I'm, and I'm not trying to set expectations, but I'm just saying with <laughs> with with who they've got and what what Coach Autry is doing, um, this is awesome. Back to my point, I I was not ready to let go of, the, of Bayheim, but obviously I think that. Um, I probably just held an emotional attachment there, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this team play. Okay, yeah. um, Cuff, you know there's some injury stuff going on there. Um, I think how many years he's got three years of eligibility left still, but he um, MCL tear, PCL tear, he missed um, most of last season, and I assume he's going to be ready for this year, but I guess we don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, so there's no, a- he, should, he should be good. Okay, he should be good. So he registered his first year, and then he it was, was a COVID still, year. He his, played right. It was a COVID he, year, the redshirt year. I'm not sure, but then last year he got injured. So they're saying he's athletic. He's an athletic guard, and you know, to your point, Adrian Autry. I mean, he, he was out there on the road as an assistant 
recruiting these guys the last two years, three years, four years, right? Um, but again, like I spoke about before, Chance Westry, J.J. Starling, both had us high up there and didn't choose us last year, but they came this year. Um, and getting Kyle Cuff, I mean, that right there just adds depth. Uh, you don't really know what to expect, but um, the way that he has constructed this lineup like you said, the sky's the limit. I mean, they have so many options, and um, I mean, minus one or two positions, I think everything's pretty much up for grabs. Now, with it way guard heavy, we talked about Westry being a combo guard, including him, got six. Um, obviously, Judah Mintz came back, so that was yeah. a, so. Let, huge. Let's that was Bro. that was huge. Let's let's talk about McLeod real quick. Um, averaged 13 minutes a game last year. We know he didn't play a ton. He's not extremely athletic or anything like that, but um, he did score his career high 16 points against Syracuse last year, by the way, just pointing that out. Um, but he, <laughs> he, uh, he, he played 13 minutes average last year, 11 minutes the year before that. Not extremely athletic, but he's a rim protector, and he's a guy that you know could be utilized like 100%. And he's got... Uh, I think he's still got three years of eligibility left, right? Yeah. 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 So, well, that's kind of the key with these guys, right? Is that uh, almost all, all of almost these guys new. coming in, they got three, four years yeah. left, right? Yeah. So, this is almost like a recruiting class, more or less. Like, it's not, it's not like we're getting a whole bunch of graduate seniors, right, that are gone after one year. So, you know, that's a little bit different from what Jim Beheim did before. But yeah, I mean, Nahima Cloud to me, he did good because of the way the zone was, and Jesse was stepping up yeah, and he was just yeah, catching alley oops. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty easy. Um, I don't think he comes in as like a star. I mean, I, I know that he looked he's looked at as a big kid, seven four, you know. But uh, I used the perfect word, um, utilize utilization. I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, we have talent up and down the roster, but I can't tell you who's going to be best from the four centers that we have. You know what I mean? Cause none it's of them a, are really even the most, played significant enough minutes. Yeah. I mean, Jesse played 30, 35 minutes a game last right. year. You know, all these guys are either new or they've never averaged more than 15 minutes a game. So there's not even a good enough sample size. All I know is that, um, the positions for the taking, you know, and it even opens it up for a situation where Malik Brown might be able to squeeze in there and play center. If we want to play fast or play manner and something like that. So, um, none of these guys have played enough to give me um, a big enough sample size to think that. I mean, all I know is that the positions for the tank. And there's there's going to be a lot of um, competition there, and uh, that's good because obviously we know whoever's going to be out there is. Because two years ago we had Mark Dolzhai out there um, at center, so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, well, and we have to understand too, we're not going to be playing just a 2 3 zone. Now, I can see a situation right. where Naheem McLeod, perfect center to come in with a 7 4 wingspan when you're going to play zone. If you have a different type of lineup in there. And I assume that he's going to have some type of zone lineup out there that he likes. But, like I said before, every position is open minus, you know, maybe one or two. So. With that said, we had not mentioned um, anything about Joe Girard since last being here. He went to Clemson. Obviously, that was not my mm. best scenario, I don't think. And, you know, this is somewhat turned. Look, they're going to play, I think, in um, De- is it December, if I remember right. 
We play them twice. Yeah, I know, but at home, I think we play them in December. I can't remember, but either way. Um, we're going to play him at home. We're going to play him away. And I really hope that he doesn't... I hope that the crowd isn't a bunch of assholes, just to be quite honest. I know Twitter isn't real life, but I mean... Oh, you know social media is going to be. Uh, yeah, I know, but yeah, that's no, why no. I don't go there. Um, I went there pretty recently because I knew we had a show to do, and so um, I posted a couple things, but pretty uh, pretty much other than that, I've been mum. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I can't Syracuse Twitter's like I really don't Syracuse Twitter's really it's an ugly place I guess maybe all fan bases are like that but it's really not enjoyable it's really not well, you got your trolls too so I know that's the problem though it's like you can't tell the trolls from the you know yeah. the screwballs um, so anyway uh, Gerard gonna go play for Clemson with his last year of eligibility and you know I wish him luck unless he's playing Syracuse I really do I really would like to see him do well except when he's playing us obviously I want I want him to prove people wrong first of all and I want him to do and and, and, you know he's he was our guy you know he's he's orange well he's a different shade of orange but he's he's Syracuse orange to me anyway maybe that's telling you know and he had to pick a team that was still orange because he had the orange in him, but he knew he needed to move on, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. All I'm saying is, like, I'm in the same way. Like, I hope that he goes to Clemson. I hope, you know, I always want to see as many ACC teams get into the tournament as possible. So, you know, I hope he, he goes there, he has a good season, and, and he makes the tournament. He hasn't been there that often. Well, maybe we beat them in the ACC tournament. You know? I'd rather not play him three times. In the championship but, game. Yeah, I'm good with that, so... Well, I mean, that's that's my, yeah, that's my, what do you call it? What do you call it? Help me out, Joe. You leave me hanging, man. You're a terrible co-host sometimes. You know that? You really, I don't know. You really are. About, bro. You really are. Place. You really are. Uh, so, all right. Judah Mintz. That, lean, Judah. that brings us to Judah, okay? Um, really happy Judah us, came back. You made us I was, sweat that out, huh? Yeah. In, you know, I was real confident about him coming back. When he went in, and then obviously the longer it was drawn out, you could look at it two ways. You could look at it, well, you know, he's really on the fence, and I highly doubt that he's going to go in the NBA, which is what Joe thought. And me, I was like, look, I just don't know. I don't have a great feeling about it. I mean, this was hours before he had, it was the day of, it was May 31st at, in the afternoon, we, yeah. were, we were waiting. Um, and hadn't heard nothing. And, um, you know, it was just didn't have a great feeling. But he comes back. It's going to be huge. I feel like this backcourt is the best backcourt since I don't know when, by the way. I mean, the, the, potential, the, the potential of it. And, you know, the way I see it is um, him and Starling and then probably uh, Westry at three. And, and, by the way, we didn't mention William Patterson. He's our only no, time re- out, time recruit, out. recruit, recruit. Are you going to go over fan feedback? No, I'm not. I'm not. Ourselves? No, I'm stopping. I'm stopping there. We're going to do it before we go over fan feedback, but yeah. Okay. Those are my one, two, three so far, if that's fair. Well, thanks for the sneak peek. Yeah. And then um, we did not mention William Patterson, which Joe should have mentioned in you know when he was talking about centers and whatnot. But no, I didn't that- mention Peter Carey either. Or me, Munihirma. Uh, Munihirma. Uh, Holy. 
Dude, it hasn't oh, been that oh, long oh, ago. Oh. Jeez, I'm crow. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyways, my point is with that is that, you know, what Coach Red's putting together through the portal is, you know, I think was something that um, needed to be done for this year to get a, to light the spark under this. And, you know, if you can get, you know, obviously this is probably going to be Judah's last year. He's just going to go out there and ball yep. out and it's going to be, I hope he plays team ball. I really do. I hope it doesn't turn into a, to a showcase, but um, you know, with that said, you've got a good core group of guys, young, young talent. And um, I feel like the balance could be there once if you could keep a couple of these guys and you recruit a little bit. Um, there was a recruit that, you know, I don't like talking about 2024 recruits, but Donnie Freeman, a uh, 6'9 forward from the Delmarva area. Mm. Syracuse yeah, between all up him in the and Delmarva. Elijah Moore, we have a top five recruiting class for 2024. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's looking good, you know, and um, I'll be happy to eat my own words, man, on, on that whole deal. I really, <laughs> I, I really would. I mean, there's nothing like it. Yep. There's nothing like being wrong when you're winning, you know? No, and that's the thing. I mean, Judah, to me, I mean, I listened to a lot of different NBA draft podcasts, especially after you had, like, you know, scouts and talent evaluators be able to, like, watch the combine. And I was worried when he got the invites of the combine, but I wasn't surprised. And he went and he played rather decent, but he still kind of, I think, was afraid to show – he he didn't do enough in the scrimmages and the games to show them, you know, that he was better than the weaknesses and that, that they thought that he overcame some weaknesses. So, um, a lot of the, the podcasts that I listened to kind of said that he should probably go back to school and that he would be very beneficial to go back to school. But the whole draft buzz, you know, it always happens because you're always going to have one or two teams that work them out after the, the combine. And they talk about, oh, hey, we're going to draft you. We're going to draft you. But, like, now you're trusting that, you know, oh, this one or two teams are going to draft me in the second round. And that's not even a guaranteed contract. And I could be playing in the G League where that's comparable money to the NIL money that I'm making in college. Right. right? The G League's so, really going to have to step it up, by the way. If they, yeah, and that yeah. really that bodes well for all of us, for teams like Syracuse, for right. guys, you know what I'm saying? For us. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, uh, you know, I don't think – and again, when it comes to the draft, you know how that goes. Like, you could have somebody in mind and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to draft you because you think all these other players are going to be gone. But you never really know who's going to fall in your lap and what you're going to do when that time actually comes. So, um, you know, he decided to come back, and I thought it was smart. I thought it was yeah. a super smart move. I thought yeah. it was – for him to go through the process was great. It's going to give get him ready for the process again next year. Um, and he knows what he needs to do. But also at the same time, I feel like he cares about winning. Like you can see it out there when he's playing. Like he doesn't care about if he's the guy scoring. Yeah, I mean, does he press, does he does he push the the pace? Yes, absolutely. Does he take it to the hole? Sometimes, you know, look like he does a little too try to do a little too much? Absolutely. But he's also I wouldn't I wouldn't define him as an unselfish player. So um, that's not what I got from him last year, and I don't think that that's going to be him this year. I just think that it was very a, few moments of that. They were just yeah. right at the end of games. So he's going to make the right play to win, right? But I just think that this year, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him shoot a lot more threes. Well, right, because that's what they want. He'd probably be practicing threes the whole offseason. Well, but it, he will be, and he practiced it up in the combine, and as the season went on, 
I mean, he got a little bit better as the season went on with that. I mean, that was the one thing with Judah is that he, when I watched the first 10 games, I was like, this guy's not a, a one and done. He was making a bunch of mistakes, slapped the guy from Bryant or did whatever the hell he did. <laughs> he slapped him. <laughs> and then and then he made a bunch of mistakes in, at the end of games that we could have won in early on in the ACC. But as the season went on, I thought I saw growth. I saw a kid that was, you know, coming into his own and enough to where he got invited to the combine. But now it's back. I mean, we had a guy that could have been playing in the G League next year, you know, a borderline early second round, mid second round pick that's coming back and, and deciding to play a season with us. So nothing but positives. I was super pumped. I just hated the fact that he made us wait until nine oh five when <laughs> on the last day. It was tough. All right, so I'm going to let's let's do this real quick. John Bull, by the way, is, as far as I could see, has not been picked up um, yet from the portal. No, no, no scholarships okay. left. I'm sorry. Um, the other thing was, oh, a legit question is is you know do do these do any of these guards um, enter the portal before? Is that over? Can you do that one over? No. No, you have to wait till the season starts. You, right. You, you have to wait. Yeah. So, okay. You can wait. I mean, I think there's a time right when the season starts where you can put it, your name in so that you save your eligibility. Like, you don't waste this year. Like, you we put have it to in. Sit out but, this year. Right. Right. So. I don't think you can put in and then transfer and play the same year. So, when, we, when this season starts, do we find out about any of these guards transferring out this year? Well, I mean, that's really the thing, right? I mean, I just, I mean, J.J. Starling, people have to remember, he was a five-star, had some issues with his shoulder last year, um, and I don't know if he really ever fit in with that Notre Dame team. And we talked about Judah and J.J. being seen together hanging out down in Florida. So um, to me, let me give you a little sneak peek, obviously, I think the, the one of the two guards starting is J.J. and Judah. And I think that minus possibly a, you know, Proctor and Roach over in Duke, you're talking about the second best backcourt in the ACC. So, and probably ranked pretty high throughout the country, right? So, um, there could be a possibility where you're looking at one year and then those two are gone. And so you never really know. But all I know is that there's a lot of capable basketball players on this on this team. When you look at the players that came in and you looked at, I mean, Kyle Cuff, I mean, this guy got recruited to, to Kansas. Like trash pre- trash players are people that they don't think have some type of potential that you don't get recruited to Kansas, right? And Chance Westry, I mean, Auburn's been a good team. Bruce Pearl got that team going along. Auburn's been a good team. They were, he was a top 40 recruit. He hasn't really got a chance to prove anything because he was injured. You know, J.J. Sterling, five-star. Like, we... And then we know what everybody else did for us last year in little spurts. We saw the Justin Taylor spurts and the Chris Bell spurts and the Benny Williams spurts and the Malik Brown and the the Quidier Copeland, right? We've seen we saw all of that. So it's I mean, there's only so many people that you can or players that you can play. So um if your question to me is that some of these players are gonna transfer, by the end of the year, yes. But that's just the, the name of the game, I think, nowadays. But, um, you know, competition, you know, the, the, like, the ta- talent rises to the top. So there's yeah. going to be crazy competition, and players are going to find out. I mean, Autry's setting this, the bar. You want to play here, 
here's the talent level bar. Are you going to be able to play? Are you going to be able to, to, to deal with it? Are you willing to stay here and not play one year to turn around and get more minutes next year and then the next year possibly start and grow and do things like that? I mean, that's all on the player. But um, I don't think anyone's going to transfer before the season. But there's probably multiple likely transfers by the end. Well, um, I mean, just centers alone. You, you know, no, now I, all four of them have at least three more years. Yeah, and you know, obviously, I don't think that they all stay. But with that said, this is going to be the the face of college basketball has changed a little bit. We'll see how Adrian Autry can balance everything, but. I think um, not looking too far ahead with what you got and just hoping you can keep what you need and having to make up the difference in the offseason is going to be the name of the game. And with that said, I just don't think you look past what you got that season anymore, not even close. Um, it's just changed so much from when, hell, five years ago, three yeah. years ago. Well, so, and I'll tell you what, I mean, it's, I mean, even when we spoke about this a month ago, I mean, think about it. Gerard was trying to pick some, you know, some school. Judah Mintz, they were talking like he was going to stay in the draft, and we lost Jesse Edwards. And we didn't have Kyle yeah, Cuff. We didn't have Naheem the McLeod. end of the world losing Jesse Edwards, and, and Judah's in the portal, or the, and, the entering the draft. Oh, yeah. And we're looking at it like, what is this team going to look like? We don't even have a center. And then we get another guard, and we're like, oh, man. We're like, I know that when we signed that guard, I was like, damn, is this – a sign that Judah's staying in the draft. Like, I know we're still holding a scholarship for him, but, you know, transfer from Kansas, I feel like you you expect to play. And, and then, you know, we finally got McLeod. So it's looked a little bit better, and I mean a lot better, but obviously Judah was the, you know, cherry on top. So, I mean, I think you're looking at, I mean, the best. I mean, Adrian Autry did a hell of a job. Yeah, he did season. a freaking and amazing the, job. I mean, the only, I mean, there's a couple other centers that we could have got. I think it's, you know, ahead of McLeod that maybe was a little bit more developed as far as offense and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not saying McLeod's not going to help us. I'm not saying that he's a trash player or he's not going to start or anything like that. All I'm saying is that there were a few players ranked ahead of him that have been in for a little while. But I think that, I mean, the only way that, that Autry could have done better this offseason was to retain Jesse Edwards. Couldn't do right, that. Right, right, Every right. other thing, I think that he nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that said, we are going to get your starting five for next season's basketball squad, and you'll hear ours right after this. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, it's time to hear from you. We are going to start with Facebook as far as as far as the Syracuse basketball squad goes. I will preface my starting five by saying that the biggest question for me is going to be in the center spot. Joe, and you you hit on it. I just don't I just don't know. I really don't. Um I don't think we saw Peter Carey on the floor for more than a minute the whole season. I don't even know. If he, <laughs> I mean, he put in some early non-conference. Yeah, there's early non-conference stuff that, that he was in. Yeah. Um, so with that said, I already gave my 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 one, two, three, and I think it's I think it's pretty obvious um, that Judah Starling and Westry, and then this is this is a Malik Brown. I really like, but. 
Chris started coming on. Chris Bell started coming on at the end of the year, too. So makes me wonder, you know, and just his motivation. I'm just not sure. But um, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Bell. I am. And I, I still don't know if that's great, but I can't wait to hear yours, actually. Um, so Chris Bell. And then I got to go with Hema just because of the experience factor there. And I think that maybe. I think that maybe he starts, but maybe he doesn't finish. I don't know. Like you said, the competition for that is wide open. There's no, um, there's no way it can't be right. Just with the experience that they all have. So, anyways, with that said, that's where I'm at. That's my five. Uh, Same Mince, again. Mince, Starling, Westry, Bell, and Hema. Okay. And I could have really. I mean, Benny. Malik, it's tough. It's tough. The forward, the forward position, the true forward position is tough. Well, and what's also tough is because you don't know what defense he plans on coming out with, right? I mean, I can see a situation where you have. I mean, I can see a situation where you have Judah and JJ starting, and depending on if you're going to come out in man or zone depends on who starts. The, the one question I have is with any transfer, did they come here to sit on the bench like they already were? Look at him at no. You know what which I'm saying? Which is why I think they're going to play man. Which is why if I had to go with the starting five, then I'd probably go Judah, JJ. Hmm. A three is tough for me. I mean, because you, because Bell and I mean, you got Bell, Brown, and Williams. They're all. I mean, they're all coming up, dude. They well, all. They were all Beller, doing really. To me it's Bell or Western. I think you know what. I'm gonna go like this. I'm gonna go Judah, JJ, Westry, Benny Williams, Malik Brown. Really? Yeah. You're calling that one. I like. I I really do like that. That's that's a smart pick. I do like it. And they play man to start out. Okay. Well it's gonna be interesting. Let's hit up <laughs> let's let's hit up Facebook super fast. And then we'll switch over to uh Twitter as far as the Syracuse basketball stuff goes, and then we'll just like quickly run through um a little Bayheim's army real quick, starting to put a team together. And then we'll talk some football. Uh, Andy, Mintz, Starling, Westry, Williams, McLeod. It's close to me. Uh, Michael D. Uh, Judah, J- Jude, Judah. Judah, JJ, Westry, Bell Brown. So he's got. That's really that's even closer that's to another you. closer. Um, that's oh, in fact, that's that's what you had. It's close to you. No. Well, oh, you had Westry, had Williams. Oh, you did? He has, yeah, he has Westry and Bell like you. Okay, See, I look okay. like I look at Westry and Bell. They, they're both six, 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 five. So to go like one through four, I mean, I guess there's other teams that do it, but to go one through four with like your tallest guy being six, five, six, six, you know, I just yeah. But then you athletic go as hell though. Yeah, oh, I know. Uh, um, Zach, Judah, JJ, Chris. Malik and Hema. That's see, that's a that's a good one too. 
I, I mean, another good one for me would be Judah, JJ, Westry, Benny, Hema. Or I like I really like your Malik Brown pick, but I'm not gonna pick that. I really I really do like that though. I do, I do. Uh, That'd be a nice little. <laughs> I know, Greg Starling, Mintz, McLeod, Williams. West. Oh, I'm I'm assuming he's not doing this in order. So, um, Starling, Mintz, uh, Westry, Williams, McLeod. Mm-hmm. Um, Mintz, JJ, Westry. That's a popular three. Williams, McLeod. Okay. Um, which this is possible. I just don't know about McLeod's experience yet. And like I said, he's he's a tall guy with a huge wingspan. Um, but I just don't know. Um, let's see. Steve, McLeod, Brown, Bell, Mintz, and JJ. Well, Mintz, JJ. Bell, Brown, McLeod. Um, Doug says Carmelo, Anthony, Jerry McNamara, Derek Coleman, Jeremy McNeil, and Hakeem Warren. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great one. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's um, okay. I like I like clever. That's clever. Uh, Brian Mintz, JJ Williams, Bell McLeod. So we kind of get the we kind of get the gist there. Um, Cat and Pack at Oil Cues, our boy. Judah JJ Westry, if healthy, Benny McLeod. You think he's going to be good to go? Yeah. So, um, at Durham Charlie, Judah JJ Westry, Benny McLeod. See, it's going to be tough for a guy like McLeod to sit on the bench. He was getting 13 minutes last year. Do you think that, like, well, I wonder what kind of conversations go on to get someone like that over here? You know what I mean? Yeah, you got, I mean, you got to wonder look, a little bit, like if what kind of promises were made as far as playing time goes. Oh well, we'll give you more than thirteen minutes. I just don't feel like that's <laughs> legit. We'll give you twenty. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's gonna be. It's not just gonna be one. I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't two or three different centers a game. Oh, honestly. I know, I know. Which is which is a it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine with that. And it's not something we've had the versatility to do in the past. Long time, yeah. And, and on top of that, too, all those years, positives. You gotta look at the positives. We don't have anybody in that position that we rely on to not follow out. True, true. So there's how many fouls we have to give over there now. Oh, a bunch, <laughs> a crap ton, and none of them are like we're gonna be relying on like as an offensive weapon. And I could be eating crow right now, but there's just nothing that I have been that I've seen. Nothing you know, up that, to this point that would tell you that that's going to be right. an offensive powerhouse like a Jesse so, Edwards down there. Exactly. It's like, okay, if Jesse doesn't foul out, he's going to have 35 minutes, <laughs> and he's going to get almost 20, 20 points. points and 15, yeah. re- whatever the hell, yeah. you know? Right. Like, we had to rely on that and rely on him to stay out of foul trouble. I mean, now, if, and if, and if, but, but get, bear with me, though. And if a McLeod gains a little bit of weight, I mean, could he, he, could, he could get there. You remember Jesse just, like, flipped a switch from – uh, 21, 22 to 22, 23. See, but my thing is, is that you got to think different than that because it's not just, oh, do we have that seven, four guy that can anchor the center, can anchor the two, three zone. Like if we're playing man and we're playing fast and up tempo and, and, and pressing, then we don't know what any of these guys look like in that scenario. So, um, let's see here at Syracuse nerd. 
44, he says, for sure, Judah and JJ in the backcourt. After that, it doesn't matter. Our roster is so deep, everyone is going to get a ton of playing time, really liking our rotations and pieces. I mean, the rotations are endless. We talk about Beheim being the chemist. Well, Coach Red's going to have to really step up, and he's got he's got some big shoes to fill as far as that goes, but he's got more pieces. He's got more ingredients to get that done, and that's going to be interesting. You know, we always saw a lot of stuff uh, from – Beheim in the beginning of the year as far as rotations went right in a lot of experimentation and stuff and that's going to be fun to watch that was always fun to watch frustrating at times but fun to watch it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a totally different dynamic this year this roster yeah oh yeah 100% so um at breaking orange 44 I like some of these I like some of these handles by the way these are some of these are new I know this this dude Cuse Man Dan but that's a new handle, I think. Mince, Starling, Westry, Benny, Brown. Is that what you had? Mince, Starling, Westry, Benny, Brown. Yep. Yep. Uh, Starling, Mince, Westry, Williams, McLeod for at Fritz75. It goes on and on. It goes on and on. So um, let's do a couple more. At Real, number one, G. Uh, Judah, Taylor. Well, that's different. Bell, Brown, McLeod and um, six man Benny. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't really see a situation. I don't see I mean, a Taylor. Let's be honest uh, that's here. nothing against Taylor. But it's like you said, let's be honest. Let's be honest with the situation. All right. Even like, let's just go off of like context and history. All right. With this new coach and Benny and the, how he looked at the end of the year, and I just think. That this bringing in Brennan Strong, somebody he knows to the AAU circuit, and obviously with uh, Adrian Autry being the head coach and everything like that, I think this is going to, I mean, give him some renewed energy. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't see a situation where, and again, JJ minus injuries would have started every game in Notre Dame as a true freshman. So I just don't see a situation. And Nick, no offense to anybody else's, you know, guesses or anything, but I don't see a situation where J- Judah, JJ, or Benny Williams don't start as far as starting five. Cool. To me, it's who's going to be the three, who's going to be the five. five. Yeah, three and five. I agree. Um, and, and at CBB Crow says here, Judah, JJ, Bell, Benny, to be determined. Team is so deep, Bell, Taylor, and Monier will see, see big minutes feel like the three to five starters will change throughout the year, dependent upon the opposing team. So, yeah. depending I mean, upon Browns, the defense, Browns. I mean, you're, you're you're talking about not just a dynamic of playing a rotation with the zone, but the the defense playbook is going to be opened up, and that's kind of what makes things a little bit more interesting because we're not used to that. Let's be honest. Right. And, and Brown, when you look at the season that he had, I mean, I still want to go back and timestamp because those lockdown guys always talk about how they were the only ones that talked about Malik Brown. But uh, you, dude, then, you talked about Malik Brown before he hit the court. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, they, those, 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 some of those podcasts like to pretend like we don't exist, even though we've been around longer, too. By yeah. the way. So at the end of the day, Malik Brown, to me, he's going to be playing. There's no way he's not playing. And even looking no at way, like Quiddier yeah. Copeland at the end of the year, you know what I mean? Like the way that Chris Brown or Chris Bell can go up and just nail threes, right? Like, and then we have these transfers. We have no idea. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting. But the best thing 
best thing that can happen is that no one's going to be able to be comfortable. No one's going to be able to be complacent because there's somebody right there and at every position that's ready to take minutes from you. Yeah. I'm getting some feedback somewhere. It's not you, is it? You don't have a loose wire or anything, do you? Lord. Huh? I haven't moved at all. No, I only really have so many wires here, buddy. It's a headphone <laughs> to a phone. So you're the one with all the equipment. I know. I got wires everywhere. I'm playing with them all, but nothing's happening. Nothing's getting worse and nothing's getting better. So I don't know. Uh, but I apologize because I can't find it. Um, I'm just starting to mute stuff, mute channels that I'm not using. All right. That's that's that. Twitter? That's that. That's that. No, I did that. I did Twitter. I went through I went through it. I went through most of it. I mean, you got Q's fan three, Judah, JJ Bell, Benny McLeod. Um, we did Captain Patrick's. And um Noah at No Blanchard 44, our boy. Um, he just says podcasting coming. You know, that's all he cares about. It's so yeah, selfish. Did you see Matt Sherman's? Okay, at Matt Sherman 52, Judah J.J. Westry, Joe Ketchup. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on the ketchup. I am, because we don't know. You could throw ketchup in there. And um, this is a reference to Joe putting ketchup on his hot dogs, by the way. <laughs> I just thought I'd point that out. Thank you, Matt, for that. And um, that's very true. <laughs> so Not true at all. Uh, yes, and you also think hot dogs are a sandwich, and they're not. They're hot dogs. Well, so that's arguable. Your your shit is backwards. Um, okay, real quick. I, I don't think there's any new news on this, but the TBT tournament is going to be starting. Shit, man, it, this thing starts up fairly soon, right? July. It's, it's always in the beginning of July. So as far as I know, they got two players. They got Tyus Battle and um, Chris McCullough. Uh, Chris McCullough was on the 2021 championship team. Tyus Battle is going to be his first time. Um, fan favorite guy. Also, you know, everybody knows that Mello is retired and uh, there's eyes on that. And now, you know, how amazing would that be? Do I think he plays for Bayheim's Army at some point? Yes. Do I think it's this year? I don't know. I don't know. Does he, he doesn't need the money. You know, if he's going to do it, he's just doing it to, for shits and giggles, literally. I mean, there's nothing, there's no other reason to do it. But how sick would it be? I don't know. Pretty sick. So that's um, that's something well, to keep an eye on. A little on. bit of a uh, of a. Oh, uh, please do, Joe. Update. Please, please do. Oh, you do have an update. Yes. Yeah, so we definitely took. Um, we've added DeAndre Kane. Oh, okay. Again, okay. Member of the okay. twenty-one championship team. Yep. And last year he had uh, an injury, which is why he couldn't play, which is one of the reasons why we lost so early. And um, we also added uh, we also added a um, former guard from Marquette, um, Dwight Bikes, spelled B U Y C K S. So I remember playing against him. He's a good player. Um, he was a guard, played at Marquette, plays overseas. So, um, yeah. Okay. That was today. So they have four okay. players well, good. now. Good. Speaking of today, Joe. That reminds me of yesterday. And you added a, a transfer to football. And I'm just going to be brutally honest here. I have not really have time to look at it, but you did post it to the Facebook page. And well, there was four. Was there four? There was four we didn't talk about. And okay, well, no, there's four we didn't talk about, but there was one yesterday that you posted. 
Oh, we, that was a 2024 recruit. Okay, which is why I didn't read it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got a couple of teammates. That's from, what I like about you. Uh, what you like? Because because all the recruiting, you've always been on top of. Like I've always gotten excited. Hey, Sean, we got this guy, and you're like, "What year?" And I'm like, um, "2026." And he's like. All right. Well, talk to me. He's on campus and he's practicing, right? Yeah. So, like, you see these things and you're like 2024, and you look at your watch like eh, it's still 2023. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. no, don't yeah. care. Unfortunately, it is like <laughs> that, and here's why: 2024 commit Sire Torrance. He decommitted. Okay, I don't get excited about it. local kid. Obviously, Samir's brother. Um, you know, I just don't get a CBA player high school. I just, I just can't get too excited about it. And we've been through it so much with basketball. It's not even funny. No. Um, but well. uh, with that said, uh, we got a couple of JUCO transfers, uh, teammates, in fact, and both DBs, uh, Jacoby Seaborn and um, what's the other one? Damn it. Thought you had these written down, right? I did. You know what? I, I must have um, put Jacoby Seaborn down twice. Not must have. I did. Uh, either way, I'm going to go back through and look. But they are um, both DBs, and they both came from Santa Barbara City College in California. And they both have two years of eligibility left, if I remember right. So... Um, I don't know how heavy or hard-handed we are to add DBs. Um, you know, I know we lost obviously Garrett Williams. Um, so it is a little bit of a, a hole there, but, um, also Wallabaugh, right? Joe, uh, the son of David, also David junior offensive lineman. Uh, he's, uh, transferred from Kentucky. So that's, that's the, that's three there. And then, um, there's a quarterback, Brendan Davis, out of South Carolina. As we remember, Justin Lampson, he went and transferred. What do you make of this? By the way, did we talk about this? We did not talk. We talked about Justin Lampson entering the transfer portal, but we did not talk about where he was going or anything like that. Yeah. And Lenore Sellers goes to South Carolina, and Brendan Davis comes from South Carolina, and we obviously didn't get to see much of him. Um in the last year, but uh, we swapped quarterbacks. And by the way, the, the other Juco, the other Juco DB was Barry Buxton and him and um, Jacoby Seaborn play on this, on the same team, like I mentioned, and they're both coming here. Yeah. And Wallaba, he's, he started some games last year in the sec for Kentucky. Um, and this, this quarterback here from South Carolina was it Brendan Davis. You said, yeah. Yeah, he uh, was very, very highly recruited. Brandon. Brandon Davis. He was very highly recruited coming out of um, high school. And, uh, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I, Four I years of eligibility for Davis, by the way. Yeah, he registered last year. And I, uh, I think that he saw some of the talent. Not to say that they're but South Carolina SEC school. So um, he saw an opportunity to go somewhere else where he could possibly be able to start. And he made the move. Um, and also just... For uh, the news out there, just if anybody know, doesn't know, and you as well, but Jacoby and Morgan transferred 
uh, to Jackson State. And uh. Justin Lampson transferred to uh, Stanford. Oh, that's right. So. Stanford for Lampson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, the, the, my, here, here's my thing with football. I am so – everything is so up in the air for me that I, I'm having a hard time. I just need to see it on the field. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. And that's what it is a lot of times for football for me. Um, but this year, more so than most, you know, last year we, we knew that we were going to be with Schrader. The year before that, we didn't know what who we were going to have at quarterback, right? And – uh, we knew we knew we knew what we had with Schrader coming into last year, but still there was a lot of question marks, and we had a, plenty of decent players coming back. But now, I mean, it's tough. I feel like it's tough, I, and I hope the wheels don't come off this thing. But no, <laughs> I mean you want it. I mean you want us to kind of stay right there. I, I mean, obviously you want a great season, right? But like starting six and zero, kind of having certain expectations. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't want to just fall back into the abyss, correct? I mean, I mean, it could. I feel like, and I'm not trying to be negative or or, or hyperbolic, but I feel that I feel that this year could be could be bad, and I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, but it could also but be good. It could, but it it could it could, and there's always that variable that it could, but. I just don't because of because of how kind of in the dark we are a lot of times with football in general and just the, um, the like I feel like the offense is going to be what it was last year right I feel like the defense is the biggest question mark and I mean but why all, I mean we're going to be more healthy at defensive line we lost some defensive backs yes but we're deep mm-hmm. there. So I mean that's really the question mark, right? I mean I get it. That's a question mark at running back a little bit, but yeah, I mean. Well, speaking of that, we did sign a JUCO running back, Destin Hawkins, uh, from um, Foothills College in uh, California. That was recent as well, so we're adding depth there. But I mean, LaQuint Allen showed me, I think, what I needed to see. I mean, I I agree, but you know how it is. It, it was that well, yeah. a one-off, or was that is that LaQuint Allen? Well, and I also I, – I think that's the Quinnette one. And honestly, on top of that, I think that they're going to sprinkle in a little bit more of uh, – oh God, I can't think of his name. He was a transfer last year that came in from New Mexico State that I thought played pretty well. And we have some freshmen coming in as well. So I think, you know, we got some guys. So I think we'll be all right, man. We can't – I don't think we can get fixated on the big names. We still got some key receivers. Well, look, we talked about Jim Brown earlier. And much like – much like – Sean Tucker, he didn't see the field till there's there was injuries and things like that. So like some of these people are just diamonds in the rough, and we've seen it. We've seen it recently. So, with that said, I mean, you know, anything can happen. I remain optimistic. I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic or overly negative. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you how I feel. It's not about um, right. You know, it's not about you know me just being. Um, bagging on the team at all. It's not that at all. I think they have a little bit to prove. Let's put it that way. So, so with that oh, said, yeah. with that said, be, I, wanted, gonna, I want them to go out and, um, and see what they can do, right? So, all right, well, I mean, and you know what's going to happen is, I mean, from so far, from what I've seen from a schedule, I mean, 
We're going to have the, you talk, the opportunity. Were you talking about Juwan Price, by the way? Yes, Juwan Price, yes. Um, judging by the schedule, I mean, we're going to have a chance to do that, right? I mean, uh, they've announced uh, three or four, I think four games so far as far as kickoff times and, and dates and all that stuff. And Yeah, we got some really freaking good ones, too. Let's talk about yeah. that because that gets me yeah. excited. Because, I mean, well, first off, they kick off the season against Colgate at 4 p.m. That's on September 2nd. So just uh, mark that September 2nd. ACC Network Extra, though, so you're going to have to figure out how to stream that bad boy. Or, um, or you guys know we got you most of the time. Yeah. Because I I don't never. I don't never. Not. I don't never. I don't never not have the game. Just so you know. So, and then when you look at it, um, we have two non-Saturday games this this fall, and they occur back-to-back weeks. In week number nine against Virginia Tech, it's a Thursday night game. Thinking about taking a four-day weekend, going up to Blacksburg, or over to Blacksburg for me. So <laughs> Thursday night game, 7.30 p.m. That's going to be um, on October 22nd on ESPN. Week yeah. later... We play against Boston College on a Friday night game, and that will be played at um, 7.30. And that's at Syracuse. Yeah, and that's uh, November 3rd on ESPN2. And this is, some of you might be like, well, why are we playing Virginia Tech in? This is the new setup. This is the new um, conference, our division setup. Yeah, the new schedule setup, yeah. So uh, playing Purdue again, that game's uh, prime time. So, Joe. Uh, yeah, look- Purdue's another one where you're talking about it's, uh, September 16th. 7.30. Which is week three, 7.30 on NBC. So right there you're talking about that's three, that's three prime time games. And the other one that they've announced is a Colgate week, you know, week one D1AA team. So I'm um, interested to see how the rest of the uh, schedule pans out. But, hey, I mean. We're going to be on TV. Eyes are going to be on us. So we're going to have to prove it. So I see a I'm in, in dude look. I'm like, I'm totally just looking at this and kind of guessing somewhat. And I'm just going through it now. But let me see what I got. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to give you mine. Let's see. Do I have seven and five? One, two, three, four, five. Six. I guess I do. I have seven and five, so I'm a little optimistic on some of this stuff. But I got them starting four and zero, oh, and that's a big if on the on the Purdue game and the Army game. But <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty cool. Uh, I I would almost be tempted to change this Army game to an L. But I'm I'm just gonna say they come out of the gate. They came out of the gate hot last year, but uh, this is a hopeful. Uh, and by the way, I've been right the past two years. And when I looked at this schedule yesterday, I saw six and six. But I don't remember where I saw six and six. But and I and I just did it real quick just now, which is how I do things. I just pencil whip it. So uh, I've got seven and five, Joe. What? Yeah, what, I mean, looking looking at this schedule, I can see where your your worries are, right? Because to be perfectly honest with you, I mean. A lot of our season is going to depend on what we looks like. What we look like. What we look two, like. That's what I'm talking like, about. <laughs> like we look like week two through four. What uh, we look like playing against Western Michigan and Army at home, plus an at Purdue game on prime time in the middle of it. Like 
because when you look at it right after that, it's home against Clemson at North Carolina at Florida State. I mean, that's your that's, gauntlet. That's, those that's, are the, those got, are arguably the three best I got, teams in the ACC. Yeah, and I got three losses there. And, yeah, but, I mean, again, we've seen momentum. We've seen things like this. If we can come out and we can actually go through and we look good at Western Michigan and we go into Purdue and win and we look good and beat Army comfortably, like, I mean, I can see a situation where we can go into that Clemson game at home confident like we did however many dungy years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, mm-hmm. when you look at it, it's like, what does it look, what does it look like after f- four weeks? And then what do we do against the next three weeks and hopefully not a lot of injuries? Because to me, the next five are winnable. I so, think that I think that you are right, that they are winnable. However. And we it, get that we get that bye week right after that at Florida State. So we get the bye week, and then it's into Thursday night, into Friday night, and then we get that extra. So we're getting an extra day every week until Pittsburgh, and then we get on track. So, I mean, like I said, I can see us winning the last five if we're still healthy because we've already seen the gauntlet. But what are we going to do? Yeah, do it on stuff. What mean, are we going to look like after week seven? What are we going to do in the first four weeks? What are we going to look like after week seven? Because I can see a situation where – if if we don't have injuries, we come out, we go three. I mean, I could see eight wins here. That's not what I'm going to guess, though. I mean, so. I could see it too. I, I mean, I feel you on that. I mean, look, coming off of of Clemson, UNC, and Florida State, you, you know, you you have a what I would consider obviously last year as a mediocre team in Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. Um, they've done it before. I think they can do it again. I think it's a. I think that's a fun one. Um, Syracuse, past few years have have kind of well, shit. The last two they've won. Am I right? The last two they won. One was that huge upset, and then the one two years ago, or whatever it was, right? Because they play every four years. So yeah, Syracuse has had Virginia Tech's number here for a little bit, but they only, like I said, they only play every four years. Boston College, they want our blood. Um, that is always a heated battle, and I, I got I mean, coming off of Florida State, I got both of those as wins. I got Syracuse on the road versus Virginia Tech as a win, and I got at home against Boston College as a win because I hate Boston College. The one for me that I want, I think probably more than either one, that's hard to say this. Oh, Pitt at home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want one, it's freaking Pitt. Can we beat Pitt for the love of Pete? Beat Pitt. <laughs> That's yes. my motto. That's my credo. I think we can. Um, yeah, they may be a different team. And so, you know, looking at this, I'm going to say seven and five, Joe. I mean, look. Everybody, everybody knows I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Although I have gotten this right the past two years. I have. I guess right the past two years. And, and with that said, I may have it wrong this time, but I'm going seven and five bowl game. And I hope the bowl game stuff's not that gets boring too. When you're like, oh, we're going to pull all these guys out because they're going to do this and that and the other, and then it becomes like a non-competitive kind of like snooze fest. But anyway, right. what do you say, Joe? Um, I say that I am going to. Do I need to give an answer? 
I mean, we're going to have a uh, preview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I put now, the... For right now, I'm going to go six and six. Really? And we go to a bowl game. And yeah, I haven't enough, I haven't had enough time to look at the other team schedules. I know. Stuff. We're going to do th- a regular season preview at some point. So we'll be good. Says Joe. That's what Joe thinks is going to happen. No, that's what's happening. That's what Joe We do that every year. Happen. Why are you talking to me like this is something that's new? I'm good. This is the year my. This is the year we cut back on the bullshit. Oh, okay. That, that is, no, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So no more bullshit. This, this is the year we cut back on all that, and we're gonna take out all of the stuff that bores you guys. You know, like all of that recruiting stuff. And no, all no, the, we're the, not. The the, the uh, preview, you. the the season previews. Uh, you know, all of this. No, that bores uh, all of this you. Stuff. That bores you, not everybody else. Everyone else actually wants to talk about it. Oh my gosh! Okay. Um. So anyway, it's, it's, it's not funny. It, it's really it's not. Funny. It is, Jim. Chill out. Okay. It's kind of funny. Just chill out. Uh, all right. So look, 177 people voted on Twitter, and the what 5.1 percent said said zero to three. Okay. Those are the people who are crazy. Uh, 6.8% said between 10 and 12 plus. Okay. Those people are crazy. Crazy as well. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Joe. Uh, yeah. 36.7% said between four and six games. And with the most votes, 51.4%, seven to nine games. That's me. Seven to nine. I think we go. I think uh, I'm. I'm. My get my my prediction is seven and five, and going to a bowl game puts me right in that category. I'm with fifty one point four percent of the folks on Twitter. So, uh, with that said, well, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I don't know. We'll see, see. This is this is a perfect, perfect analogy for the country. <laughs> what? What the the, look, the two the two these, the two when extremes? You look at these percentages. Yeah, when you look at yeah. these percentages. You have five point one percent on one crazy extreme. Yeah, yeah. six point eight in another one, and right slash dab in the middle is, is, is eight, the, almost ninety percent of people. Yeah. yeah, what a microcosm of what the world we're living in. If only people understood that. It's like the rational thinkers, and then there's all the crazy bastards. Mm-hmm. You know? The problem is that the crazy people are louder. It's, it, yeah, all of the crazy people are the are the ones on Twitter, screaming at the Dude, end of every game. Screw Twitter, mainstream media. Oh well, yeah, that too. But I mean, in the Syracuse realm, it's it's relegated to social media. So, um, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I mean, you could you could you could you could carbon copy this to almost anything, right? And those people who are overly ridiculous, the 10 to 12 plus people. They don't really think mm-hmm. that. They don't really think that. They don't. There's no way. There's no way. They're just like, they're just like you know what? I bleed orange. And if you bleed orange, then you need to pick this too. And if you don't pick this, then you're a terrible fan. And you See, suck. I you think suck. With a, you I suck think as a, a fan. I think somebody with a rational mind would actually think like that. Except... <laughs> These ten, these nine to ten percent people are actually crazy, insane. Yeah, and then there's so the, they actually do think like that, Sean. 
Absolutely. No, I, I don't think that. I don't. I mean, Stop there's, it. there's Stop being naive. There maybe half Stop of them really it. do think like that, but the other half are just stupid. Now, there might be a three, four percent of of trolls. <laughs> hold on a second. There hold on. Maybe I just three, realized too. But I'm saying there's five percent of that crazy that actually believe that. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, and it doesn't make sense in our head. I but. can't wait for the DMs to roll in and be like. Hey, I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I voted in the ten to twelve plus on the Twitter poll, and and you guys called me stupid and crazy. And I'm like, oh shit. I mean, we didn't really mean that. Right, sorry. Joe? I look for everybody who listens. I am sorry. All right. It's just but like hold on, hold you on. Think no timeout. If you think that we are only going to win three games, or if you think we're going to win more than ten, then you are. You are well, it's 10, either 10 a plus. Cra- you're either a troll or you're crazy. Sorry, sorry, right, no, which sorry. is what I said. In the O to three crowd, that's just the pessimistic. Those are mostly trolls, but there are some pessimistic mm. people. We 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 deal with them. And by the way, bring it bring us something different for fan feedback this year. I'm not gonna. If it starts getting redundant, I'm just gonna throw my arms up and say screw it because I'm too old for that shit. I need I need something else. We've been doing this. This will be our seventh freaking football season. Is that right? Yeah. So if you're going to be a troll, the, then put some damn effort into it. Do yes. At least be Please. charismatic or original, or you know, um, witty. Something. Something. So we can celebrate you. Yes. Other than something the same to thing over and over exactly, again. Exactly. Exactly. Do do yourself a favor. And read the comments. If you think you don't have, if you think you're just going to fall in line with all the other weasels who say the same thing over and over again, read the comments first, and mm-hmm. then decide. Well, should I just say the same thing Joe is saying? And I'm just picking a random name, Joe. Yeah, and yours, of yours just happens to be the average Joe. Yeah, exactly. It's easy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, should I just say uh, what what Lance is saying over here, or should I, <laughs> or, or should I come up with something original? You know. Mm-hmm. So. Think about it, because we've been we doing this care. too long. Uh, I'm not gonna. I, I don't feel like um, playing. We don't treat. We treat everyone the same. Whether you're negative or you're positive, if you're gonna give us the same redundant stuff, then sorry. Eh, we're just gonna have to narrow it down, and uh, we need to put new rules into place for this year. Oh, here we go. You're starting to yeah. get controlling again. I know. <laughs> again. Oh, <laughs> was I not supposed to say again? that? I mean, look, we could do what we want now. We've been around long enough, right? I mean, either people are going to listen or they're not. And it's true. I mean, at this point, yeah. 100%. Right? Yeah. And we, not that we've ever really cared, but when it comes to Still when it comes don't. to fan feedback, it's just we've been doing it so long. And last year was probably the the year that dawned on me where I was just like, man, this wow, is I'm so... Wow, I'm saying the same things this over is, yes. and over. You yeah. know what it's like to sit in front of the microphone and try to record and have some kind of different emotional response to things that are just redundant as hell and um, it's like Groundhog Day every game and you're waking up and smacking your alarm clock and throwing it against the wall the next day and then you're throwing it out the window the next day and every time you read fan feedback, it's like you got to try to find some kind of creative way to make it different and you just can't. You run out of options. It's not, like, help me out. That's all. Kind of like watching two three zone every game. <laughs> Joe, did are you a, you hate the two three zone? Now? No, no, I don't think that. I the just two think three that... zone has <coughs> had been surpassed by the evolution of college basketball. No, is yes. what happened. One hundred percent. 
it was it was it was king back in the day bro and in nostalgia even a three-point line yeah you could have just crumbed that thing in yeah oh man yeah i mean easy yeah you want to shoot two points way out there go ahead 100%. 100%. Then the three-point line created, and it's like, okay, well, the not game too changed. Many people are good at it, It right? took a long time, though, for the game to actually transition into. Well, yeah, because now you have one through five shooting threes, spreading you out, and now you get to the point where you're giving up 16 points worth of alley-oops to Naheem McLeod. Yeah, scoring a season high on you. <laughs> so, Averaging 13 minutes a game. Yeah, and that's all because... <laughs> I'm sorry, spread, I think no, it was a I career mean, high, by the way. Well, probably, but I'm just saying that I would have liked to have seen. I then we've been talking about. It was, it. I don't say get high. rid of the two three zone, but I'm just I'm just excited about this season. I'm excited to see. I am. Oh, Joe, to your point. I'm sorry. I mean, to cut you off. I I, I totally agree. I'm way I more excited for the basketball season than I am the football season, simply because of how much change is going to be there, and the anticipation of some of it. It's going to be. Super exciting. And I'm not trying to rush anything, especially this summer. Seeing that, by the way, real quick, man, I gotta, I gotta, we got to go. We got to cut this thing off. But I have to say, summer has not started in Virginia. And, Joe, you and I have very similar weather. It's true. So, so, so summer has not started in Youngsville either, has it? No. Because I'm telling you what, I was in my pool May 14th last year. And I have not even, well, I have put my toes in it, but I have not been in that pool yet this year. Here we are, June 5th. It was 80, 81, 82 degrees today. It's the first time it's broke 80 degrees in like three weeks, four weeks. You haven't heard? Also, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Meanwhile, I'm torturing myself by checking Syracuse's weather. 86 and sunny, 85 and sunny. I'm like, what the freak is going on? What the hell happened? Global colding. Global global weirding. That's what, <laughs> like we switched hemispheres. What the hell's going global on? Global colding. I think I blame all the solar panels. Did you hear about the solar solar panels? You know, how good, <laughs> did you? Did, I know about <laughs> solar panels. Yes. You heard about the the ones that are getting trashed? The ones. Oh, that don't we're not work? going to go here, are we? Huh? Yeah, no. Oh, this is where the show falls off a cliff. It does, because <laughs> then we're going to start talking about windmills. and then... No, we're not. I'm not talking about windmills. Well, anyway, kill birds. My point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many dead bald birds, eagles? No, a, a bald eagles are there because of the uh, windmills? Like, seriously. I don't know. We, we can't count. Places that aren't even windy. We can't count that low. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the weather here in the south has sucked. And... Um, it's just not for anything. It's been a little depressing. I'm just going to say, and my point of even bringing that up was, is I don't want to rush through the summer to get to football. And I never do, but my window has closed tremendously. We're talking three weeks, four weeks. I've lost of, of hot, sticky weather. And I love hot and sticky. Oh God. I do. I do. That's gross. I do. I love it. I love working in it. I love sitting out in it. I love I love it. Did you work at Cinnabon? No. <laughs> it wasn't even good, Joe. It wasn't even good. I know you're cracking yourself up, but that wasn't good. Um, all right. We could. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
There's a whole other aspect to this show joke. that we could do. We could do. It's been requested, but for now, we'll stick to the norms. Mm. Um, all right, Joe, that's all I got. Any final, any final thoughts on anything that we talked about for way too long tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think if I go down that rabbit hole, then we'll be here for another 20 minutes. So, no, I'm 20, good. 20. He's only giving it 20. Um, and by the way, I've got NASCAR to get me through. Um, but as soon as my driver's done in NASCAR, too, I'm done with that, too. Talk about a, a sport that is losing me faster every day is NASCAR. I'm just going to throw that out there. Sorry, man. I've been a NASCAR fan for quite some time. I'm here for you if you want to talk. Well, we can talk later. Um, all right. That is going to do it for us, everybody. Thanks for uh, to, the, to the three of you that are still listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Stay tuned. Well, we're going to be back as soon as it's necessary. And um, probably be about another month or so. But we'll see you. We'll yeah. see you for Sean. I'm Joe. We're out. Peace.